right, what are you going to hit me with next? Uh, my left hand. No. Yeah, why not? Right hook is always better. I don't know. An open-handed left oh, slap. Oh, slap. Yeah. Oh. You're going to see stars. Com coming in hot from the left. It probably won't bruise you, but it might knock you down. Damn it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Can I have a helmet? Well, you should be wearing one. Around I, you, always. Wh what happened to your helmet I got you for Christmas two Christmases ago? I don't know. I got I had a whiskey, and I blacked out, and I don't know where it is. Son of a biscuit. Rob, we should probably talk about ProEDU.com. That's what I thought you were going to hit me with, actually. What... What's your favorite thing about the new website? Oh, man. You have ask you, these really hard questions. I, you know what? Have you even been to the new website? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So tell me about it. It's called scrambledegg.com. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> are, they Gordon, are they Gordon Ramsay scrambled eggs? Have you tried those? No, those are poached. He does poached eggs. No, does oh, no. Oh, eggs. he does scrambled oh, eggs. with. Doesn't he put creme fraiche or something in yeah. there? It makes it all delicious. Oh, yeah. And some well, fresh chives. Would you say our new website's like the equivalent of Gordon Ramsay's awesome scrambled eggs? It is. It with is. It's kind of hell's Pro kitchen. Pro EDU now with creme fraiche. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my favorite thing is? User experience. Oh. So much better. Yeah. So much better. We spent the last year coming up with that new website. We did. We did what no one thought was possible. And yes, we invented we streaming. seven web developers in the process. We invented streaming. We invented it? Yes. We now own all streaming on the internet. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? We were me? the first ones to come up with it. Dude, we're going to be rich. We, Wait yeah. till Netflix finds out. <laughs> What's Netflix? Uh, it's, this, it's this service where you get a movie you want in a DVD. It comes in a little red slip, and then you oh. watch it for a day or two, and then you send it back. But I think back. they're going to change now that we've invented streaming. They're going to see that. We could go, license streaming Should we of our education. license streaming to Netflix. You are a genius. All right, well, you're going to do it. All right, so to find out about this new invention we came up with called streaming, go to ProEDU.com where you can stream every single one of our tutorials during any part of the day. How do they stream it? Does it, like, flash in the you, sky for you them? You press this. I invented this uh, this logo. It's like a triangle yeah. but kind of on its side. Oh. And that I called it the play button. If you hit that play oh. button, it actually then starts playing. And then information shoots out of other things called speakers. No way. And then they go, they go into your ear holes. Wait, so you can hear and this go, and see this? Yeah. Oh, two, this is a good measure. Yeah, yeah. Two of the senses, two of your eight senses. Did we patent these? Are, are, <laughs> two of eight senses. Two are engaged, and it goes into nice. your ear holes and into your brain, and then you remember things, and you put them into practice, and you make more money. That's like 25% of your body working all at the same time. Yeah. That's amazing. No, your toes and your nose. People are going to get so educated. Go to ProUD.com. We invented something called streaming. It's amazing. It'll blow your mind. Welcome to the Pro EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. In this episode, we're sitting down with freelance photographer Indy Segu. Indy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, give us a little bit of a... We talked a little bit before you came in, but give us kind of the rundown. How did you get into photography? Um, completely by accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, sorry, I'm being distracted by an egg and... Don't look at that egg. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm being distracted by... Yeah. Are you, we, we brought you breakfast. Are you hungry? We've... This <laughs> egg, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> this, right. this egg has been in every single podcast, and it's been in a different location. In every single podcast. And this morning, somehow it got jammed onto the top of a mini chocolate croissant. Yeah. You know what? We should let Indy name that egg. 
I'm not egg good with names. You should name I'll, it. I'll let. Have you next. never just named think about an egg it. before? No, I just I don't name inanimate objects. <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> calling that inanimate? It isn't moving. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's pretty intimate. <laughs> you don't feel it? You don't no. feel the energy of that no. egg? Is it weirding you out? You look weirded out by that egg. <laughs> no, it's just, looking at you. You know what it is? You know when you see those stones on the beach where they balance on top of each other and you're not quite right. sure how? Yeah. That's what this is reminding me <laughs> of. <laughs> I'm like, the physics of this doesn't it's work. It's our zen garden. It's our zen egg garden. It's an, it's, on a it's, chocolate it's, croissant. It's meant to put you at peace, but clearly it's not doing that. It's creeping you out. Yeah, it's just distracting. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, back to the question you asked. So by so, accident. Yeah, absolutely. So, um... Oh God, how did it start? I think I was always just drawn to taking photos at gigs and things like this, things that I was going to. Um, but obviously on the other side of the barrier, you know, I was enjoying the gig and I just had a camera which I could sneak in. Um, after a while, I ended, up, I ended up finding that I had a love for editing in Photoshop. That's where it really started for me. So um, my not knowing anything about photography at the time, my initial thought when I saw like beautiful photographs was, God, how did they edit that? Yeah. Hmm. And then I saw a raw file, and then I was like, oh, they shot it that way. Um, after a bit of time, um, it's, this wasn't something I was planning to um, do as a career or anything like that. Uh, I was actually a musician to start with. I, I did sound engineering at university, um, tried to get a, a bunch of uh, post-production jobs in London at the time. That didn't really work out because just the finances of being a runner and then moving down to living in the capital just weren't viable unless you lived there already with family. What's a runner? Uh, a runner, that would be someone who pretty much just gets all the teas and coffees for everyone, oh, okay, like yeah. the production so runner. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm a bit stumped. What do I do? Um, I got, it was suggested to me to look into graduate schemes um, for various companies. One of them was Jaguar Land Rover, which I worked for for four years doing something completely different to all of this. I was doing future strategy and planning for uh, the in-car entertainment division. And that sounds kind of cool. It, it is cool. Like we got, to, we got to see how a giant company works um, and figure out how to plan its products you know, for the next 20, 30 years uh, from like a very high level. Yeah, so yeah. every car will have a life cycle and within that life cycle, there'll be specific change points. And then it's a case of, okay, if we have this brand new piece of tech, how do we make sure that like the Mac Daddy Range Rover gets it first? And then how does it cycle into, say, you know, the brands which are just underneath it? So then the Land Rover, when does that get it? We want to make sure it's all in the right order. Wait, so you went to school for sound, sound? and then okay. how did you end up at that job? Like because what made you qualified for that? Technically, it was in their product development um, area. So I got the job as a sound, a sound engineer that was probably going to be working on doing EQs and things like this for the vehicles. For okay. the first two years of your graduate scheme, you are pretty much going on rotation around uh, various departments, and you had free reign where you could go. So I decided to go to marketing, design, where everyone had to do a manufacturing uh, like two-week rotation. And what do you mean by a graduate scheme? So a graduate scheme over here is <clears throat> when a company will take in like a fresh graduate, maybe someone who's maybe up to five to ten years out from having done a degree, and they will take you on, train you for two years, and then plunk you back into your home department after two years. So say you, say in my case, I, in, at the end of my interview, they said, where do, you, where do you see yourself working within the product development fields? And I said, I literally said to them, anywhere where I can think of ideas. 
So they were they were having a new team called Future in Car Entertainment Features. That was my home team. And I then spent two years pretty much not there, going on rotation everywhere else as per the graduate scheme. So they train you, so you figure out how finance works. You feel right, like so you, you get to know, know the entirety of the company. You exactly. Have a, you have a global picture of the company. You're not just stuck in one spot, like not knowing what everybody's doing. And then you land in one, in one space and really have an understanding of the entirety. Exactly. And that's where the plot twist kind of occurred. Because when I came back, they were like, okay, can you code features? And I'm like, no one, I don't know who told you I could code. Um, but that's not me. So there was a point where I was like, I've got all these contacts and all the different offices that you need to talk to you, but you don't. So how about I do that role? And that's how my role there grew. At the exact Sounds like same a time, great gig. It, it was great, but every single day was PowerPoint and spreadsheets, and it was a 120-mile round trip every day. Wow. Oh, whoa, that's a, that's yeah. a hike. It's, it's a 60-mile trip there, 60-mile trip back. And so. on the wrong side of the road, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's easy <laughs> Pretty to crash much. that way, yeah. Yeah, so after four years, it got grinding. Yeah. Um, simultaneously to this, I thought, let's get into wedding photography because why not? It was something where I could assist other people. Um, I need to backtrack, actually. So this is all happening around 2008 when this really kicked off. At that time... It, great year. Yeah. It was a great year. Exactly. So my dad was a contractor at Jaguar as well. He got let go. It was a case of he was looking for you know anything to do because this was his first time not being employed since he was 17, and he was like in his late 40s, early 50s. That's scary. Yeah, he, he ended up, out. yeah, because um, he was a contractor. He'd never been like permanent, permanent. So he ended up doing, he ended up just doing freelance uh, videography. And on one of the gigs, he said, India need a second camera. We'll get a DSLR in, which can do photos and video. And he gave it to me. And then that's where it all kind of kicked off. That was up. the spark. Exactly. Yeah. After that, I took it to a festival here called, what was it? It's called Arts Fest. Do you have like Kerrang Radio or something like that over in the States? Maybe. I don't it's kind of like hard rock and things like that. So they organized, okay. a, they organized a concert here in Birmingham. I pretty much went up to the lady at the front and said, excuse me, I've got a camera. How do I get onto the other side of this barrier and take shots of all these bands? Because I, I knew nothing. And she said, well, since you asked so nicely, go over there, tell them like Sally sent you. I, I forget what her name was. Um, and they'll give you a pass. And so I phoned home and said, like, hey, I'm not coming back until like, the end of this festival now. And then since then, I just got the bug. And then when I just kept on assisting on weddings on the weekends, that kept on going and going, I figured out that to get beautiful pictures, I had to shoot beautiful pictures. And I was doing that after work and on the weekends as well. And that became my passion project to the point where I'd saved up enough. You know, I, I tried to say to myself, what could I live off for like a year if I didn't earn anything from tomorrow? And let's go and see if I can go do in this industry. And so that's what I'm now doing. I've completely, I left home. I moved down to London. I thought, let's see what living in London is like and go and. Uh, so that was two years awesome. ago. That was as of August 2016. Yeah. So how have your shoots changed since, you know, the, the first week versus now? What's oh. the compare and contrast? Of well, just, just to be fair, the shoots haven't changed too much in the sense of, the way I approach them because my previous role really lends itself to being in this industry now because it was it was organized by the day by the hour so if you can't coordinate a shoot if you can't plan a shoot then you know nothing's ever gonna get done um, so if anything they're just they're now more organized than they were and I think because I've changed up the tools that I'm using so now I'm just like anyone who's using the Lightroom I'm like no go to capture one because I'm trying to tell them the benefits of it um, 
I've stuck with the same cameras I've had for all these years. I had a D800 and a D4 pretty much as, as soon as they came out. I've not had any need to change them. I've serviced them a couple of times, if that. They've served me pretty pretty well. All right, so why use Capture One? Tell me on it. Other convert than me. Other, other than peer I love, pressure. I love Lightroom. <laughs> I love Lightroom. What convert it, me. It was more a case of doing a side-by-side -side comparison. I uploaded the same file into Lightroom and Capture One, put them side-by-side, -side, and I realized, hmm, Lightroom can give me more of like, it, in terms of if you want to go like editing color, Lightroom can give me more of like a musical kind of feel. And by musical, I mean a, a broad change very quickly. So it can just be very pleasing to the eye. Whereas Capture One gives me, gives me that, but also a more surgical feel should I need it. So I was there going, okay, I have more capability here. And it's not much every month on a subscription basis. So let's just use this. That's... That was the appeal to me. Yeah. So your business really runs in two parts. You shoot and you also retouch, and you retouch for other people as well. That is how right. Do, how do you balance those two business ends into, into one? And are you doing more of shooting or more retouching? Um, at the moment, I'm finding, I'll be honest, I'm finding it very hard to uh, balance the two. Yeah. Um, what started out, so one of my last main contracts as a retoucher started out as a, you know, like a two-week covering job for someone who was off that turned into four months oh yeah that takes you out of shooting completely absolutely yeah. so now i'm feeling the back end of that where i'm like hmm now i but where did my clients go right yeah so it, it, it i won't lie it's not easy to balance at all and because i'm pretty much i'm very green to this industry um like com being completely new um i'm learning by fire yeah <laughs> in so some are, ways what are the biggest lives. challenges for you being being green what are what are you facing that's like whoa i didn't expect this um, it's more a case of not, the, the thing that really surprised me was finding out just how accessible all these companies are. Um, and simple things just by like going in to meet people, right? This sounds really obvious and I feel silly for even having to say this out loud, but being raised in a social world and thinking that an email actually gets something done, it detracts from actual meeting face to face. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing, I tell you what, the biggest hurdle I had was trying to figure out who I need to get my work in front of to actually get commissioned. Um, literally, this only happened the other week where the penny dropped. I was like, oh, it's photo editors and the people who actually are in charge of this in those companies. Because up until this point, I had no one in my immediate circle to tell me, this is, this is how these companies work. These are the people in charge. This is who you need to put your work in front of. And this is how you go about doing it. There was none of this tactical information. Mm -hmm. Everything to hand was always do great work. This is technically how you can go and do it. So I'm at that stage where I'm thinking, okay, I can do great work. I can put out quality consistently, but now what? That's where I was stuck until very recently. So and do you have a printed portfolio you show? Is it digital? Uh, mainly digital because I'm updating it very, very mm -hmm. in, on a regular basis, pretty much weekly. Um, I do have some prints from when I went to the States I was on a course called Mastered, um, and as part of that course, there was a workshop that happened in Canada, and they required a printed portfolio, so mm -hmm. I happened to be in New York first. I got it printed there, and then I took it over. Is that Mastered with Nick Knight? Uh, it is the same organization. Uh, he did it, he was part of it two years ago. Yeah. Uh, this year, we just had various photographers come in at different points in time. So what was it like going through that? What? How long is it? Uh, it's a nine, I, th I think it's a nine to 10 month accelerator course, it's predominantly online. And 
the most value you will get out of it is actually going to the meetups um, and then also arranging shoots with people who are collaborative. Is it mostly available? That was in the UK or in the United States? Uh, it's worldwide. It's worldwide. Yeah, so, so they'll, they'll have a, a meetup in each major continent. Okay. So if you can't make the Europe one, you can go to the North America one. If you can't go there, you can go to the South Asia one. Yeah. Um, they're, they're doing a good job. It's just, it's all dependent on how receptive you are or how receptive you are to learning online off your own back. Because mm -hmm. for me, I only really felt I got the real um, value from it from when I went out there on my own and actually met the people. So you didn't feel like the, the online re um, lessons resonated with you? They didn't, they, they didn't they, gravitate? They were useful, but yeah. my immediate thought was rent. The, <laughs> <laughs> this right. is the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah it, London's an expensive place. I actually have a really good deal on rent because I stay with two friends, so like, the rent is like a third of what it would be if you know, someone was staying on their own. But, uh, but yeah, agreed, it's still much more expensive than other parts of the country. And you have to live in the closet. <laughs> Uh, it's not too much of a closet. Well, the bedroom isn't <laughs> that big, but yeah. because everyone else is at work during the day, we have a large living room. So when it comes to testing, if I'm doing beauty, I'm just like, come round. Mm. Oh, so you're shooting in your house whenever possible? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. My house or um, in some cases, some there are some cosmetic studios in, in central London which have in-house studios there and there. So if you have a connection with them, you can just say to their PRs, like, hey, um, this is the test. This, this is the people involved. Can we use your can we use your space and we'll tag you and all the rest of it. And they're more than happy to let you use it. That's cool. Yeah. So who are your main clients now? How are you, how are you getting work? So right now, uh, it, it is a dry period. My main clients are probably ASOS and Avon for the retouching stuff because they were my most recent clients. So I can go back to them and say, hey, do you need freelancing every now and then? Right now, my priority is pretty much getting my book in front of agents and photo editors. That is the golden task i mean that's also why i'm here at the photo show just to make more contacts and just be around people who know more about this industry than i do yeah so do you have so, scheduled out meetings are you meeting with companies are you meeting that i didn't do that was the one thing i realized i should have done going into this um have you guys interviewed pratik are you oh, we know him very well yeah. yeah so i had the fortune of me meeting him about two it's or actually three pronounced pratik he just doesn't like you know, correcting it's actually people. pronounced pratik Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> ah, <laughs> correcting the corrector. I like it. No, it's a joke that I have going with uh, with Pratik and trying to get everyone <laughs> to pronounce his name incorrectly. Because I, I did say that to him. I was like, do you have like a nickname? I'm like, I can't call you Pratt. So that's just, that's just me. <laughs> Pratty? <laughs> yeah, no. no. So, um, so I had the fortune of meeting him uh, a couple of years ago at the Smug Mug stand. And I just kept in touch with him. And he's actually been very, very, very helpful because he can see... He's off, he's over here often as well. Mm -hmm. People like to see his other half. <clears throat> so we'll meet up where we can. He's pretty much uh, someone that I've always looked up to, and that can always just help and say, okay, this is something. Here's some tactics for you that you can go and execute on. Um, yeah, yeah, he's like the sweetest guy in the world too. He is. You know, he is. It's hard to get nicer than Craddock. It, it. You don't know about his room though. You got to see this thing. What's in his room? So he has this room, right? Oh, that room. Yeah, I do know. And he spends 30 minutes a day in it, and it's padded, and it's got sledgehammers and just stuff he breaks, and just goes in there and gets it all out, and that's and then he comes out perfectly Basically, nice. what Gary's saying is that he's really an extremely angry man, and he goes into <laughs> a, a padded room and smashes things for a half hour, and then he yeah. comes out, and he's he comes sweet. He comes out, and he's, he's sweet again. Yeah. That's <laughs> how he, don't tell anyone, though. No. Yeah, it's yeah. a secret. Yeah, no one should know. No one should know that. 
that, do, he doesn't want me to tell people that. Well, to be fair, that's how, he has a lot of self-control if he can just con- confine it to that 30 minutes a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of other clients um, that I'm trying to generate at the moment, so at the moment I'm actually doing a lot of testing with influencers around where I live and things like that. And one thing which I found, which comes up time and time again, is just make a good impression with people you collaborate on all the time because they will set you up success with people that they feel that you're appropriate to work with so for instance there was a girl who just by happen uh, happenstance lives five minutes away from me who has a fairly good social media following thankfully she lives in she lives in like a complex which has many businesses that um like she goes to like a spa or a gym or whatever because she's quite entrepreneurial and you know just gets chatting to most of the owners and things like this when they ask, you know, hey, do you need a photographer? If they're just having general chat, now I'm coming into mind and all of a sudden I have a new client. Um, very much word of mouth is still the best currency today. Yeah, it always is. Always will be. Yep. So how would you describe your work that you're doing? Like what I, type of photographer do you, what, what are you doing now? What do you want to really be doing? So what I'm doing now is beauty editorial work. Um, the reason for that is because I want to get into commercial beauty. I want, I know exactly where I want to be. I want to be shooting advertisements, whether it be for cosmetic brands or larger brands. And I pretty much want to see my work up, you know, everyone has this cliche, but I want to see it up in lights, but it's true. And it's, it's twofold. One, because I want to be able to work on the bigger stages and do it competently. And the second thing is, you know, we all want to be financially set as well. And I don't think have I don't think money is a bad thing to drive someone. It it depends how you view it. It needs to be twofold. You can't do it purely for that, but you, I don't think you can go into it blindly either because you do have to somehow pay a bill if you're going to make this your full time career. I've not had the business mentoring side of this industry, um, and that's what I'm still trying to figure out. So my perspective was. I know I can do this job. I know I can do. I can shoot images like this. Okay, how do I go and get my work up to that standard? And then who do I need to put it in front of to go and shoot for that? And I know it's not a year process. It's like a 10 to 15 to 20 year process. Mm-hmm. But I would like to think it's a more intense process if you know your endpoint to start with. How do you know how to price yourself? That is the question. <laughs> so what do you do to, to figure that out? At the moment, it's I'm heavily relying on my peer group, because if I look at my peer, if I look at people in the local area, especially in London, everyone has this notion of London's the place to go. It's actually where everyone already is, so it's oversaturated. That's why I can charge more for a word of mouth recommendation, more uh, more along the lines of where I'd like to be, versus hey, we need a photographer and we don't really care who you are. We just need a body behind a camera. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I'm not up for that. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I used to do weddings and then I stopped because it was just physically getting to my back and my legs. Uh, last year I only freelanced on other companies' weddings. So I was thinking, you know what, this is great. I just turn up, shoot. Um, I can, like, I'm always good with clients, whether it's mine or someone else's. I'll always treat it as if it's my own client, like to make sure that their needs are met first and then everyone else is secondary or rather myself is secondary. Um, but even then I found myself just getting debilitated more and more and more. So this year I've made it really hard on myself by saying, let's retouch less, let's shoot more and not do weddings and find a way to, to make it work. And so far I'm paying rent. 
So it caught me doing something too. No, off. that's that's the name of the game right there. You're on the right track. Yeah. Um, I, one of the things I really like about your work, you have a great connection with your subject, and actually in person, you're, you're a very relaxed individual. So I, I'm I'm kind of curious about how you make that connection with your subject. I think um, this I can't quantify it. Is that I'm not going to tell you like oh, no, I'm close with every subject I've shot because I'm not. Um, very often, you know, we'll remain friends and social and all the rest of it. Um, there, there's often, especially when working with agencies, you know, if you're testing with agencies here in London, you know, everyone knows everyone. So they see that you've shot with their friend. Therefore, they can that friend can vouch for you. They're already comfortable with you to a point already. Um, I don't know. The only thing I can really say is just be yourself and don't be creep like, like, like <laughs> yeah. well, no this, it's really important <laughs> this, this is the thing it's i mean there was that whole like, did you guys see that list of photographers that came out um a few weeks ago or about a month ago oh it was like a blacklist that was the one yeah um and i'm there I just going okay so there was there was an instagram account which is anonymously run for good reason mm -hmm. uh that account posts like model memes and you know it's like oh you know it's it's I've been up for 10 hours and had one coffee and it's like some cartoon about what they look like. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's just light, fun, hard, you know, light, fun stuff. It got very serious when they posted up an international blacklist, if you will, of photographers that had been you know, pretty much cited as being you know, sexually abusive or making passages inappropriate and all this kind of stuff. And there were two, two sections, if you will. There were those that had just, you know, there'd been an accusation put forward and then there's those who had had more than three, and they were they had asterisks, you know, next to their name. And more often than not, and I don't like to generalize this, but there's the, there's a degree of truth to this. Is like the more glamorous and like sexy the photography, the more asterisks there tend to be. Mm -hmm. And you can't be blind to the fact that you've got a lot of male photographers who are maybe just getting in for the sake of being near people, and you know, just it sucks that that's the case, right? right? I mean, I've been raised right, thankfully. Um, you know, credit to my parents for that. But there's always going to be someone somewhere that's going to use their position of power. So whenever I'm in front of like a female subject, it doesn't matter what they look like. Like, it, I, I could care less. And it's not, you know, it's not that I don't care about them. It's a case of like what you. It's like congratulations about your face, right? But it's not affecting like my personal feelings. Like this is a job. And as soon as I can convey that, then all of a sudden they don't have to be on the defensive. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, cool. And I'll just show them, look, this is what the images are like. What are we going to change? It's, I'm curious, um, was this list uh, the, the obvious, like Terry Richardson, or was it working more like working people? That Was there a, was it in the thousands or in the, in the hundreds? There I'd say in the hundreds. I wouldn't say the thousands. I, I briefly looked at it. Do you think something like that is beneficial to, to the industry? Because it's kind of a slippery slope, like... You know, we see everything that's happening with the whole Me Too movement, uh, which is good. But on a list like that, like, what if you're accidentally put on there or, you know, falsely put on there? It's just it's that is the damaging, risk, yeah. but, you know, what, what are your view, views on that? Should My that views on that is... Um, continue to exist? I think it should continue to exist. You could argue that you should only really have people on there who have had more than one complaint because... You, in, a, in an industry which is so small and is very personality driven and it's all about connections 
someone somewhere may, might just decide that what you said afterwards they think is inappropriate and then flag you up. Yeah. You know, that is um, an unfortunate reality that we live in. But if there's a saying there's no smoke without fire if someone's repeatedly being sure being flagged up it's like all right guys you know this is something you can't prove unless you were there yeah so the own the next best thing you have is independent corrobor corroborated reports so you, you we should have that list and then another list where it flags all the people that steal photos hmm. and then use them on their website that would be does that list exist because that list is huge no that list is big we need to but compile it that. It doesn't exist. Emily, but I think it's a little bit like Emily's going to be in charge of that. All right, Emily's in yeah. charge. She's like, okay, all right. Yeah, the thing is, I've always been, I've always been wary of, you know, just how quickly reputations can get burnt down. Yeah, and that's why I think probably that's why everyone that I shoot with is very relaxed because they know that I'm just chill. Yeah, like I'm there to do a job, and so are you. And that's all it I is. I think the business needs a reset. I think it's been heavily male-dominated for a very, very long time. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that list, but it needs a heavy reset. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, 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 the good thing is people are going to be far more cautious now. Mm. Um, and they should be. Absolutely. And people need to clean up their act. Because there's too many photographers that give the rest of the photographers a really bad reputation. That, that can't stand it anymore. No. Yeah, there was um, a Facebook video. It was more to do with um, body image, where you had a photographer and a model, and naturally, for whatever reason, she was scantily clad, and he was there just you know, taking the pictures. And the, I suppose, the subject of the actual video was about how he'd retouch it in, you know, like he'd be body reshaping, let's say, like making a thinner waist or whatever. But the thing that made you think was, there'd be like bone crunching noises as if it, as if it was happening to Ooh. the girl yeah. in the, you know, on set. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. But what was really unfortunate from a photographer's point of view is that they portrayed that guy as like some person who doesn't get out much and like is just like some creepy skinny dude and he's like hunched over and just looks a bit pervy and it's like, oh, can we not have that as our flagship, please? Yeah. Right. Because that's not, yeah. that's not, that's not reality. Yeah. And can we not put that out? Yeah. Oh. So who are your big influences? Who do you draw inspiration from? And who do you, whose portfolios are you checking out and following? Well, as it happens, I actually tend to follow more retouchers because they'll give, they have varied, um, they have varied clients. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I get everything that I, that I look at mainly through Instagram. And ever since it had its ability to um, save photographs, it's just been a godsend. You know, forget Pinterest, I don't use it anymore. Um, to make boards, it's like, okay, let's have this folder of this image, this image, this image. So, for instance, uh, there's not one particular photographer. This way, it's just, I like these types of images. So, oh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the point I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiration, who you, who you look to. I think it, has, it, has, it still is my peers to a point yeah. because I can access them mm -hmm. and they can tell me things that I you know, that they, I, I can get the mechanics of how they got to where they, where they were, how they achieved this. So like Felix and Sue have been like, really, I've not met them, but I suppose, yeah, they're probably two inspirations. One, because Sue's like a business boss. She knows how to like. She's a baller. Oh, absolutely. She is a baller. Um, and then Felix, purely from his lighting perspective, is like, he's just, he's on point. Joey L's tones, I really liked when I first came across his work. Um, 
Lara Jade as well. I remember, this is, this, I say showing my age. I remember when she was on MySpace, she used to live in the same town as I did. It does exist, Rob. <laughs> We're bringing MySpace back. Yeah. yeah like We're going to blow it up. She was doing stuff on DeviantArt and things like this. Yeah. So I remember when she was in the UK and then yeah, when you know everyone transitioned to different social platforms, I saw her stuff again. And this entire, and to be fair, this entire, my career sort of pinned on this one point where I came to the show, say about two to three years ago. So before I'd left my, my workplace. Mm -hmm. This show? The photography yeah, show? Yeah, the photography show. And Lara was doing her 10 year anniversary talk. And I remember being that guy who took the microphone at like the super stage and said like, so, hey, I'm starting out. What do I do? And she's like, why are you not sending your stuff into magazines? Do it now. And I was like, I wish I hadn't asked this so publicly because I just got <laughs> blasted in front of a thousand people. <laughs> That's good for you. No, it is good. Biggest lesson right there. Absolutely. Um, and I have been doing that and that is what has been getting clients. What was it like growing up in Birmingham? Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham. How's our accent? Birmingham. I don't know. I don't have a Birmingham accent. No, <laughs> no how's our accent? How are we pronouncing it? Yeah. Grab, go. Birmingham? <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> it was meant to be terrible. You, you meant you lost half of the I was letters. trying to yeah, right, pull it out yeah, of water. Right. But. Birmingham. Um, your, your accents are probably... Uh, th th it's terrible. Okay. What was it like growing up here? What's what's this town like? Um, I had a I had a fairly good good experience growing up here, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I was I was pretty much always on the outskirts of the city. Um, good people. Um, I being diverse, like being a Sikh person in in Birmingham, I never really had any issues. You always have like one person who like you know it, with everything that went on with like nine eleven and when you had like backlashes oh, yeah. against general people of color. Yeah. Let alone one two war. That's everywhere. Right. That's everywhere. Yeah. It's um, we we didn't have too much of that because Birmingham, Birmingham is one of those very multicultural cities and people tend to know better. Um, interestingly enough, though, now that now that I've moved back to London, coming back here for this little like stint, it's just small things, like why are people walking so slow? Why do they not stand <laughs> on the right? And why do they not travel down the escalator on the left? And why do the trains take 15 minutes between every service? Why is it not two or three minutes? You're I'm fighting myself. You're used to big city living now. Yeah. I am. Yeah. It suits me well because yeah. I'm always trying to be as efficient as I can in anything that I do. So if even if I didn't shoot again tomorrow, I would want to be in a creative field in maybe, say, like a coordinator role or a um, an organization role because I think that would pretty much bring back my old skill set of doing like the future planning and things like that and apply it to... Oh, excuse me, apply it to this field now, which I'm really starting to like love and enjoy. Let's talk about lighting. Mm -hmm. Where'd you learn it? How are you, what are you using? What's your, what's your lights? So lighting at the moment, uh, so I started out just with speed lights, you know, just as everyone does. Started out on weddings, pretty simple, Nikon speed lights. After that, um, I didn't go with the whole, you know, like a massive unit plugged into the wall because I was still doing weddings. I was so I ended up getting like a a, a Godox Godox. Mm -hmm. um, they are powerful little units, man. I'm seeing a lot more of these. This brand, I feel like this brand popped up overnight. I, I've had them for like three years, or maybe they're actually a different brand because I bought them via a store. But it's literally the same unit, like yeah. from the wholesaler. I've not had to change them because they're like 400 watt seconds each. I've got two of them, and. They, they're light. They don't plug into yeah. a wall. They're about yay big. Do you know about this brand, Rob? Mm -mm. 
the triggers are the exact same body as the brown color triggers. Like mm-hmm. there's this whole side by side of the, the the molding itself. So like clearly comes from the same factory. If you open it up, the circuitry on the inside is a little bit different, but pound for pound, and this is true with a oh lot wait, of the no, lights no. too. Don't we actually have some of those in the studio, don't we? The triggers? No, it's not the. Go- is it Godox? Godox. Godox. Yeah, no, I've seen those. Yeah, no, we don't have any, but it's becoming a very popular lighting and trigger um, modifiers. Do they do modifiers or is it just lights? Uh, they do have some modifiers as well. Yeah, but it's uh, a Chinese brand. That's right. Based, and, yeah. and the only reason I got it was because at the time, this is like three years ago, I was there going, I just need something a bit more powerful. Yeah. Um, I actually found out a really, really cool little lighting trick from when I was doing weddings in very small spaces. Like, have any of you been to Indian weddings? Yeah. Okay. Never. All right, so Love you'll know. <laughs> very long. Yeah. Well, you'll know they're very long. And also, it doesn't matter what like the house or whatever looks like, you're expected to shoot wherever anything is happening. Oh, yeah. 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 And all the guests will be like, you know, shoot this, get this, get this. Yeah. <laughs> so my thing was like, I always love like large, soft, even lights. And when I was first starting out, I was like, this flash gun is too harsh or the rest of it. Simple things like just point it at the wall behind you or do the geometry and realize if I point it there, it's going to come back and it's going to bounce off some lovely white surfaces and come back and it's going to be nice and wrapping around, but maybe from an angle. That was, that was pretty much the fundamental point where I realized light is light is light and it doesn't matter where it's coming from um, for the vast majority of the time. So right now I just have a Bowen's Octobox, which is my like go-to um, or one of their beauty dishes with a grid on it. And just I have one of these units behind it and I'm traveling simple like that. I would prefer to have like a pro photo setup, um, one which is wireless because wires are like the devil's work. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they are. They really are. Um, so that's what I'm saving towards next. The really. devil's work. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just like get that. in the way. <laughs> They're difficult. Yeah. Yep. So that's what I'm going towards, uh, but that's, that's what I'm using at the moment. I mean, it works and I have no reason to uh, swap it out until what, uh, until the demand is as such. Yeah. What about your camera? What lenses and so using use? a Nikon D4 and a D800. Uh, the D4 is probably too outdated now, even by like the standard meg- megapixel count. Good old 16 meg. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 16. All right. 16. It was beautifully sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. I found my old like my family's old camera when Sony first came out with, remember the Cybershot cameras? Oh, yeah. yeah. 3.2 megapixels? Oh, yeah. They are sharper than my phone, (laughs) right? And this iPhone came out two years ago because they had Zeiss glass on it. It's just sharp. All right, great. The noise isn't that great, but we're shooting outside. Who cares? Um, In terms of glass that I'm putting out in front of it, uh, at the moment, my main go-to lens is a Sigma 105 macro. It's just unforgivingly sharp when you pair it up with 36 megapixels. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know what it would do if I put it with like 50 or 80 or something crazy. Sigma's making really, they, I mean, they came out of nowhere in the last few years, but way. are making great lenses. The mm. whole art series is, yeah. and it's cheaper than, it's like 30 to 40% cheaper than, you know, Canon or Nikon glass. The they L-series. have a great business profile. They've figured it out and um, they're doing a great job. Doing a, doing a great job, Sigma. Give yourself a pat on the butt. (laughs) Give yourself a firm pat on the butt from Rob and Gary Sigma. Absolutely, they absolutely they are because they've realized that you know they can make their own bodies if they wish to, 
but they can make their income through glass. And the benefit of being a third-party supplier is that you can cater to every brand. Like Nikon can't cater to Canon. You know, right. Maybe they can via converters and vice versa. But no, but they can't market to them. Not exactly. Directly. Exactly. So where do you want people to go to check out your work and learn more about you? So my website, which is indiesegu.com and Instagram. What's your website built on? Smugmug and GoDaddy. What do you like about Smugmug? Alistar. Yeah, who doesn't like Alistair? He is great. He is great. Um, the fact that it's just so big and visual, like the layouts are just simple. Um, it did take me a while to get my head around it, I won't lie, but then I realized I was missing some pretty, pretty basic things. <laughs> <laughs> it was user error, <laughs> not, yeah. not, not tool error. <laughs> so what advice do you have for people just getting into the industry? Of speaking as one, I still classify myself as that because whenever you're a freelance, you always feel, at least right now, you always feel like you're starting again. I've been doing this for two years full time, but I've been doing this for five to six years overall. The biggest thing I'd say is learn your craft. That's one thing. But then find someone who can teach you the business and who's been there and done it. And don't be afraid to reach out to them. Like with uh, Pratik, I was like, okay, I learned his stuff from Creative Live when it first came out. That's how I learned how to retouch the first time around. And then I saw that he'd be at the show. And I made it a, I made it a point to introduce myself and get him to overlook my portfolio at that point in time. And that was probably one of the best decisions that happened because then you meet Bella as other half and then you hang out with them and the friends and then, you know, and then your, your mentors become your peers. And then that, that's how it all works because you have to remember that everyone's human. You know, they, they get up the same way as you. They go... Yeah. They go by Pratella. You just <laughs> just say Pratella, and it's both of them. I'm not sure what that. Oh, that's the combination right. of their two names. It's yeah. like Brangelina. Rob and I are doing Pratella. Uh, I like that. Rob and I are building a, a photo studio at their wedding, and we'll be doing all the the guest portraiture, like va- very awesome. vanity fair style. That's gonna be cool. That is gonna be cool. Where's that? It's July, yeah. Do yeah. we know? Yeah. No, now we do. <laughs> July's gonna be busy. It's, it's gonna be great. I think it's late June. Is it late June? It's late June. Either way, June's going to be Someone put time. it on the calendar. <laughs> for F's sake. Figure this out. <laughs> well, Andy, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, wish you the best of luck thank on you, your man. journey. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be following you, like, very creepily, just, like, in the distance following you. <laughs> Please do. I welcome that. <laughs> thank you for the conversation. We enjoyed it. To thank download this much. podcast and all of Season 7 here from the Birmingham Photography Show, go to rggedupodcast.com and also... Give us some feedback. Give us a review on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing here. And always, you can send dick pics to Rob. No, you Art. cannot. It's, <laughs> and this is a damn family show. You cannot do that. Jesus. Oh. Every Wednesday, we publish Hump a new day. episode. Hump Day. iTunes. Apple. And don't be a dick and get on that list. Be nice. Oh, man. Again, be nice. Show, but be, yeah, nice. be nice. Be nice to people. We it's need a that. secret to life. Just be nice. Yeah, be kind. Yeah, be kind. The golden rule. Do unto others. Come on, have that coffee. Let's get out of here. Rob, this is whiskey. I've told you a million times. You hide that well. I do. I do. Smart. So we've ended another podcast. We have. And now it's time for our shameless plug. Oh, we're going to beat these people over the head with this. It's better than a butt stuff. plug, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Rob yeah. Gunn's shaking his head right now. Yeah, don't do that. Nothing's better than a butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> so let's plug. Gary, this let's, is a let's, family, let's, show. family show. It was a family show until you started talking. So proedu.com. Yeah. Streaming. Yeah. 
We invented it. I know. It's awesome. Wait till Netflix finds out. Once you start streaming, you can't stop. They're like Pringles. And crack. And crack. It's like crack on Pringles. Cracked Pringles. Oh, my God. That's another invention. Oh, my. We are going to be so rich. We are going to take on the world of digital and potato chips at the same time. Oh, my God. It's going to rain money, Gary. This is amazing. So I'm buying a private island. What are you going to buy? I'm going to buy a bigger can of Pringles. (laughs) Almost like a... Oh, you know those... Those Pez dispensers? Yeah. I'm going to invent one of those for Pringles. It comes up, opens, right. shoots a Pringle out, but it shoots it into your mouth, and it's got, like, GPS targeting. It shoots it right into oh, your so mouth. Oh, so you never miss. Never So miss. it never hits your nose nope. or your chin nope. or right above your eyebrow. Ooh, you know what another invention could be? What? It chews it up like a mama bird, and then it spits oh, it up, and it's already, like, digested into your mouth. Yeah. That's an invention. I don't know if people are going to want that. You don't know that. Some people I might want, you want pre-digested food. Yeah, like I want to be a baby bird. Baby bird me Pringles. It's good if you have no teeth and you can't can't chew. It's good for anyone, with teeth, without teeth. It's like our website. You can have teeth or you cannot have teeth. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's true. If you go to our website, you don't have to have teeth. You don't. If you teeth, got them, teeth good optional. bonus. Teeth, teeth are optional. They're like pants. Pants yeah. optional. Pants are always optional. At com. Where pants are optional. Pro-EDU is now unlimited. Get access to every single tutorial. Sign up at ProEDU.com today. But you, I'll take comfort in that. This podcast is officially over. See you next time. Never stop learning.